Hello and welcome to Walking with Purpose, a podcast where we engage in real, in-depth, comprehensive conversations and discussions regarding social issues, interpersonal relationships, marriage, dating relationships, and anything that moves us. We speak our truth, we stand in our truth as we share our real-life experiences, our struggles, our triumphs, and the lessons that we've learned. I'm Chris. I'm joined today by... Santana. Jeff, Gary. During the last podcast, we talked about uh, fatherhood. It was a Father's Day podcast. Today, I'm going to pose a few more questions. We've raised our sons and our daughters into adulthood. How have you as a parent prepared your son or daughter for success? I had to really think about this question because I was a single mom and how did I prepare my, my two daughters and my son for success? I work shift, shift work at my job, and it's hard to maintain things like routines, um, making sure, you know, dishes are done and homework's done and, and have time to um, give them security, responsibility, and accountability all at the same time. But I feel like through it all, and I think that I achieved most of that, even though I wasn't home during normal hours like other parents, maybe. You know, I didn't have a nine-to-five job. I Sometimes I worked from three to 11 at night, and, and those are the times where my kids would be at home. So I had to be on the phone and talk to them in the morning before school and just things like that. But I always tried to provide that security um, be there to listen to them and try to maintain routines um, and responsibility so that they can be ready for a successful life later. As I pondered through this uh, question as well, not having a father around, it was very important to me from the very beginning that my son was born and communicating with my wife that we both wanted to make sure, number one, that he knew he knew about God. He knew about Jesus. That was number one. We wanted to make sure that that was uh, part of his life since we knew that he would get that from my mom and my grandmother. So we wanted to make sure in our house that he was hearing it from us first. So fortunately for us, after fifth grade, we was able to put him in a private Christian school, which uh, boded well. It wasn't that we expected the school to raise him, but it was for us to give him an, an education that we thought would ready him for college. That was number two. We want to make sure that he'd have every opportunity that was maybe different for us because we didn't have, like my mom was working as well. Uh, my wife's mom was working. And so their education was stalled. My mom uh, stopped going to school in 10th grade. My, my mother-in-law had a fifth grade education. So we know that we want to make sure that he would definitely put himself in a position as a minority kid to be able to be as successful as he could going out there. So 
college was definitely something that we focused on and his grades in the early ages were something we focused on. So we did a lot of things with him at home that we could after work, reading to him, all those different things. Number three was we wanted him to play team sports. Team sports because we know it, it deals with dealing with others, dealing with conflict. It's discipline. You have to practice. You have to do these things that are going to make you successful. And that's the same thing you would encounter in whatever job that you, you get later down the road. Those were the things that we've, we tried to focus on. We were seeing it being played out. We have two kids. One, we adopted our biological son. And though they've had to take different paths, we've seen that staying with that, even though they've gone through ups and downs, has prepared them, we hope, and pray for the best uh, for their lives moving forward. Establish a work ethic that they could model. Being there, uh, getting up and going to work every day, uh, supporting them in any extracurricular activities that they were involved in, supporting them in their academic uh, endeavors, and setting goals for them. My degree was always hanging around in the house, and, and that was our whole goal. Uh, was to use their athletic uh, abilities to obtain a college education. I think we we pushed college. We pushed higher education. Um, we pushed setting goals, setting dreams. We just we pushed all of that, and we pushed success. I think that was important for us, actually, as as parents. Um, just creating a loving, nurturing environment where they can grow and flourish. Ada and I, in raising our son, we emphasized the education. But I emphasized to my son, along with everything almost Jeff said, Edie said, and you did, and I'm not going to go back over it. I emphasized teaching my son how to function when he's losing. I always told him, my dad told me, everybody's doing fine when everything's going their way. There's very few people that can flourish when nothing's going their way. And that's where you win. I said, he was my son played travel ball and we would play these teams that never lost. And I told him, I said, they're not going to go nowhere because they do not know how to lose. Losing teaches you how to win. Once you know how to lose, you know how to come back to win. And I really emphasize that with him. And when we lost, we got our butts whooped or when things were down, me and him, him and I and his mom, we went and got ice cream and laughed about it. But guess where we was the next morning? We got up extra early, worked on what we needed to work on, and then we came back better the next time. Most people do not know how to regroup. They don't know how to reset. They don't know how to refocus. And that's probably the most important thing I taught him. And it saved his life because he knew how to refocus and not listen to doctors. Losing. I think there's lots of things that you can gain from losing, uh, but I wasn't, I'm not a big proponent of losing. Um, there are lessons to be learned from that. And I, I know sports is a microcosm of, of life. My question is this. This is my question to you. Is that to me, dog? To you. Yes, let's roll. Let's roll. With your son. Yes. Did he ever obtain his college degree? He's doing that now. 
He's uh, probably a year away. And you had him active in sports? Yes. Did he play at the collegiate level? Yes. Okay. Professional level, too. Professional level, too? I know, and I've always wanted to ask you this. Go ahead. And maybe you can explain. What? How many high schools did he attend? Three. And why was the, the reason for that? First one, the boosters kicked him out. Second one, the athletic director told me to tell him to go because the coach was getting fired. Wow. And then the third one is where he stayed. The boosters, he came in as a 13-year-old starting varsity. He was that prepared. He faced a lot of racial prejudice. They didn't want basically a black infielder starting as a 13-year-old. And he was killing them. Pro teams were already looking at him. If he was in Dominican somewhere, he'd have been signed as a 16-year-old easy. The boosters basically gave the coach an ultimatum, job, or let him go. So what he did is he just sat him on the bench and told him, you know, basically, you know, he has to wait another couple of years. So, so that's killing his spirit. Yeah, but I, I'm like I told him, he already was prepared. And, for and that. as a father, how do you how do you combat that when a coach is trying to kill your child's spirit? Um, me, be, be, I've already went through that, so I already knew how to deal with it. I told him, don't pay it no mind. Just keep playing hard. Do what you have to do. After this year, you finish your school year. We'll see what's going on. And we transferred to another school. Sophomore year came. He started. Then we dealt with prejudice again. We had a African-American coach. He got fired. And once he got fired, the athletic director told me right away, Get your son out of here. He said, because they're coming for him next. And then we went uh, transferred to another school. And if I was to do it all again, I probably would have just sent him to a private school because I really didn't want him to play baseball to begin with, even though that was his choice, because baseball is probably the most prejudiced sport in America still. Yeah, I think for you know, for, for black athletes who are into baseball. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's oh, tough it's to very make. tough. I see. Very, it's very competitive, especially when, you know, they're bringing people from the DR and they're hanging their hopes on the fact that they, they want to make this money. Right. But see, we've already been there. We played against the Japanese national team, the Dominicans. We beat them. We beat them. Uh, we've had people, I've had coaches from Japan want me to come over there to coach their sons, teach them how to, basically getting shape and doing the stuff that I taught my son to do. They were amazed at him because he was the only person they've ever seen that could switch hit without changing styles on each side, the exact same swing on each side. And they videoed it and flipped it. And they were just amazed because he's been doing it since birth. Basically. What achievements or accomplishments reveal that your son or daughters listen to you? The life lessons that you were teaching. All three of my children have college degrees. And that's something that I drilled in them from, from a very early age, that I always wanted them to go to college. My oldest daughter is uh, just finished nursing school and is studying for her, her board exams to be a nurse. Uh, my oldest son, my only son, is a teacher in Texas. He went from a full-time sub to a permanent teacher. My youngest daughter graduated from, from college, and she is in the teaching credential program at, at uh, 
Cal State Northridge. They listened. They are driven. They are motivated. And they are hungry. And I am so, so proud of them. Throughout high school, my son was a national scholar athlete. Three years out of his four years. No, most people didn't know that, but he was on a National Honor Society. Uh, he got into a very, very prestigious school. Most people don't know that. He went through a, he went through a very bad time in his life uh, in the hospital, almost passed away. He surpassed that, and now he's probably better now than he was then. And uh, throughout my life, I've always told him, I said, you know what? It's no competition. You're already twice the man I am. Be that and have fun, man. Have fun. He, uh, he's going back for his degree because in baseball, uh, he, he left school and he went and played uh, uh, minor league baseball. He just takes care of his business. He does things without me having to tell him. And he'll be successful in anything and everything he does. So like I said earlier, single mom, shift work, things of that nature. But my kids are good people. They're respectable. They have manners. All have held pretty decent jobs. My son is um, going to school right now for IT. There's a lot of need for those people, actually. So once he finishes that, his pay scale is about to pop. Uh, My youngest is um, a medical assistant, um, and she's going to go back to school for to be an ultrasound tech. My oldest, she's a stay-at-home mom, but she has already been trained for scalp micropigmentation. And I don't know if everybody's aware of that kind of stuff, but that's a whole other thing. It's called SMP. And she's going to go back and get certified for some other things, too, that are very lucrative out there. But I have have three great kids, just all-around good people, and I'm, I'm very proud of them. You know, they do listen to their mom. They have watched the lessons and they continue to learn and and grow. For me, I'll start with my daughter first. When we adopted her, she was coming from two, at the time, drug addicted parents. And so upon getting her, she was, um, she was, um, you know, dealing with a lot of malnourishment, uh, especially on, you know, for young kids growing up that need uh, that nourishment and that stability. So, when we got her, that was tough. So we knew she was going to have to go through a difficult time. And so we prepared for that. And I think if we hadn't prepared for that, it wouldn't have put her in the situation that she is struggling when she got to seventh grade, she got to seventh grade school struggle, did not like school, became difficult for her. I think a lot of processing issues were difficult for her to handle, but she kept grinding. And that's, I think that's a tribute to watching both her parents that raised her and her brother. And so her senior year, first semester, she ended up uh, being student of the month with like a 3.4 GPA, which, you know, we were really happy for her. And she had a lot of teachers that really uh, were behind her. And, you know, knowing she could have the opportunity to go start junior college, she chose to go a different route and we just tried to stay behind her. And so she did get her barber's license and now she's working in a shop. So she's, uh, you know, found her niche and we're happy to support her in that. Our son, we were blessed as parents. Uh, echo what Santana was saying. We were blessed. And it helps when you have a village raising you too. So that's a big thing. Uh, so he, he ended up graduating high school with a 4.1. He got a partial scholarship, a basketball scholarship to Cal 
Cal Baptist University was injured. And the one thing that we loved about it is that he didn't let that injured kind of derailed his career. And so he ended up getting his master's from there. He got his degree and his master's from CBU and got and worked for them for 10 years. And then he got recruited away to a non a nonprofit as a director of marketing communication. Uh, did well. And then goes back full circle to the beginning of what we wanted to raise him and, you know, that he would know God and know Christ. And now he is in a full blown church plant that he's now uh, involved in and trying to assemble a team. So he's doing very well with that, has been mentored by some top pastors in the United States, uh, did a lot of trips. So we expect that he will uh, be uh, successful in that as well. What are the three important keys for your son or daughter to prosper and flourish in life? For me, hard work, dedication, and commitment are the three important keys that I have instilled in them uh, to be successful. Treat people like you want to be treated and be resilient. You know, you're going to get knocked down, but you got to get back up. Um, Stability, consistency. Emotional support at all times, I think, is really important for my kids. I'm always there to lend that ear and advice if the, if it's asked. And I've tried to be a positive role model for my kids, too, as I continue to uh, flourish my own self and doing things. I think that they they watch. They watch what I'm doing and how I'm moving, and this is what's keeping them going as well. I think for me, uh, number one would be the example of both me and his mom uh, being that example, uh, showing him um, that going through things that we can still make it as well as not just us, but how he looks at people around him. Uh, I would say number two would be compassion slash love because uh, you have to you need to exhibit that with uh, not only your relatives, but the people around you being uh, being aware, being empathetic instead of sympathetic. You want to live in someone's life in order to be able to understand them. And then I would say couple all that with work ethic. That's important. You're not a person that sits around and, you know, or make excuses, but you're going to, you're going to fight for what you want. And that's what we always wanted to just present to them. Three important keys. I'm going to go, I'm going to jump off yours. I agree with all yours. I'm going to just add a couple more. I believe in the resilience, but everybody's almost resilient. It's how you're resilient. Be resilient like a king. When you're kicked, get up. Get up swinging. Like I said, everybody knows how to go to work. Everybody knows how to work hard. But what are you doing before work? What are you doing after work? Are you taking care of yourself before work? Are you taking care of yourself after work? That's where the hard work is for me. Do that so you can be more effective at your work. And then after your work, you can be more of a loving parent to your family by taking care of yourself. The last thing on top of what everybody says, don't be afraid to love. If you love somebody, let them know. Appreciate what people do for you. Appreciate life. You're only going around one time. And if you don't appreciate the one time you're going around and let people know that you appreciate them, that you love them, it'll slip away. If you won't stand with me, if you won't go with me, 